Six Nations Launch Week and plenty more going on besides. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union Podcast. Welsh captain Alan Wynne-Jones says it's a new start for the Grand Slam champions. Fresh blood in the group, fresh management and their excitement. There's a lot of learning that's been going on, which is, you know, what happens when the change comes. WIU chairman Gareth Davis pays tribute to Chief Executive Martin Phillips, who announced he's leaving in the summer. There are individual qualities and values that he's brought to the table. Professional attitude, emphasis on planning. But Wales women's captain Sean Lillycrap finds rugby dominates all her work, rest and play. Well, nearly all. My dog is probably my only escape from rugby, yeah, so it's, it's busy, but you can't complain. It's when you love what you do and when you're doing your hobby is work as well. An exciting time. Chance to get to know a bit more about her later, plus the latest professional Welsh referee in the circuit and the winners of the schools and colleges competition. Plenty to pack in. But let's start at the Six Nations launch and Wales captain Alan Wynne-Jones. Nice to have Christmas out of the way and come to the, the next best thing, which is the Six Nations, with a few new faces, obviously a few new captains, a few new coaches, and it feels a lot bigger than it has done in previous years, uh, which you know bodes well for the competition. You mentioned those new faces. Um, what are the first impressions, them being up close and personal with the new kids on the block? Well, as you say, there's new kids on the block. It's nice to see Tulupi Faletau and Reese Webb back in the squad, uh, back from injury and back from unavailability. And you've got Will Griff John with Rollins. Nick Tompkins, Louis Amit, um, and obviously Johnny McNichols there, but he's featured in the Barbos, but is uncapped. Apologies if I've forgotten one, but fresh blood in the group, fresh management, and their excitement. There's a lot of learning that's been going on, which is, you know, what happens when the change comes. There'll come a point where, you know, you've got to stop learning and start performing. But, yeah, it's an exciting time. And your thoughts on those fresh management personnel as well, you know, working with Wayne, the likes of Stephen, etc.? We've got Hugh Bennett in the yep. SSC who have played with. Likewise, played alongside Martin and Stephen Jones. So it's nice to have those familiar faces. Uh, some people or you play alongside are destined to do certain things. Didn't see Nug as team manager, I'm not going to lie, but I'm sure he's <laughs> going to do a great job. And, it, and obviously Steve had a head start with being involved in the World Cup. So it's been good. The handover hasn't been too abrupt. It's been pretty seamless, really. And I think it goes to show how valuable that Barbers week was in stealing the week, if you like, and saving, I suppose, what would have been a week of intros and admin and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we feel we're doing a little, a little bit ahead of the start, as it were. This is tournament number 15 for yourself. Um, what motivates you then? I remember watching Wales as a, as a kid. I remember watching the Guinness Six Nations, the Six Nations. Probably remember the Five Nations as well. But um, don't go into that. I'm still very well aware. It increases as I get a little bit older. I remember where I started. You're a kid wanting to play for your nation, wanting to play uh, rugby. Uh, and I find myself here just talking to you on the cusp of being able to hopefully do that again in another Six Nations, in another tournament. It was arguably one of the best domestic international competitions in the world. And with regards to those new players, especially the youngsters like Louis, is there a bigger role for you as a captain to uh, not lay the law down, but to guide him in terms of international rugby, which is a step up to what he's been doing? I probably couldn't guide him to the tried line. I think he can guide himself <laughs> there. But um, no, I, I saw him very briefly and just wanted to check everything's OK. And uh, if you need anything, you know where I am. You know, we've got a group of senior players that are very approachable. We've got a group of mid-level experienced players that have actually got a lot of experience and a lot of success as well. So there's plenty of people he can approach. You are probably aware that his parents will be worried about him because he'd be, you know, he's still, a, you know, I say only 18, but he, he's been performing with uh, with Gloucester and he's been a stand-up performer in the Premiership. So, 
you know, it's a natural progression for someone like Louis and as a senior player then hopefully he can be available if and when he should need anything. In terms of the Italians then, what will they bring to Cardiff? Maybe not results on the field for them, but a thorn in the side? Yeah, I think it's funny, people say, oh, you great start at home, Italy at home. Uh, it's, well, let, let, you, you pick it apart. They've got um, a bit of a, a change in the guard, obviously. Captaincy, there's going to be a few fresh faces. New coach, uh, who has a history of using the ball a lot. And their set piece is always formidable with a pack that can always gain parity and mix it with some of the best packs in the competition. So we realise how dangerous they are, particularly on the first game out, the first hit up in the competition. And obviously we realise that there are a lot of challenges we face with the changes that we've had. So it's going to be an interesting one with, with you know, there's a potential for two teams that are going to look maybe to use the ball. It could be a, a great opener. So on to those changes behind the scenes, a chance to hear from one continuity coach and one coming in. Skills coach Neil Jenkins is staying on, of course, whilst defence coach Byron Hayward has big boots to fill in Sean Edwards's old role. So, how's he finding it? For me at the moment, it's just excitement and apprehension going into the tournament, but really looking forward to getting in with the boys and getting our hands on them and get some practical work done. Wales have had um, experienced centres organising defence in, in the past, Jonathan Davis, Jamie Roberts and so on. How do you see this organisation going given that uh, there are a few injury headaches at centre? Yeah, you're right, they are. You know, we're missing a world-class player in Jonathan, but also, you know, I, I believe uh, certainly a defensive leader at the Scarlets and, and in Wales is Hadley Parks who's come through. So he'll probably take over that role for my end of the game and then trying to grow some of the younger players un- underneath him. Sean Edwards has obviously done the, uh, the job for uh, many years. Is it going to be uh, a little bit quieter for uh, Welsh players in training now? Are you a different style from Sean? Yeah, I'm sure it would be. You know, Sean's his old man and, and I'm my old man. And, and Sean has done a great job over the years, but I'll do things differently, I'm sure. I'm positive after the week with the Barbarians, the boys respond to the system that uh, I want to put in place. It's not too dissimilar to... What Wales have done in the past, it's all about pressurising the opposition with line speed and looking to regain possession as, as soon as possible. So that philosophy doesn't change. There'll be a, a few uh, intricate things that will change from a system point of view, but um, the boys have been really responsive towards it and I'm confident that they'll go deliver come game time. Italy first up, is that a good game for Wales? I mean, they're more known for their uh, power up front as an asset rather than creativity behind the scrum? Yeah, it's a little unknown for us with uh, obviously a new head coach taking over and if you look at the way um, the Cheetahs played under Franco Smith, it was very expansive, a totally different type of game from what you traditionally expect from Italy. So we'll prepare and we'll be aware of both scenarios. Yeah, I'm more confident that we can put in a good defensive performance come the first match against Italy and, and that's important for us as you know in the past that momentum's a massive thing and you only got a short number of games so we have to start well. Neil, you're the, uh, the continuity link from the previous regime. What's that like? How does your role feel at the moment? Obviously, you know, I know the boys anyway. I've known Byron for a long time, Stephen, and obviously Hums as well. You know, obviously just getting to know Wayne in terms of the Barbars week and uh, spent some time down there with the Scarlets in terms of when the boys were down there. So, look, it's a little bit different for me. There's no doubt in that. For me, getting used to how they want to go about things in terms of how they want to do it in terms of the coaching week as well. So, it's sort of a new time for me as well. It's for me for, to learn again and hopefully, you know, give some of the experiences that I've had over the last 12 years into the coaches that are already there now and uh, hopefully uh, give them a little bit of an heads up of what's coming. Any particular changes in style or emphasis in training that so far? 
No, not not really. No, I, I think there's going to be some subtle changes, no doubt in that, and you know, and obviously you know maybe a fraction more of emphasis on on attack a little bit as well. But look, the important parts of the game, as Byron's already said, defence. It's a massive part of the game, and you know if you get that aspect of your game right, you've got a good chance of winning uh, trophies and winning test matches. And obviously, we need to attack as well. So we just need to get that balance right. We're playing in the right areas, attacking when we need to, and obviously defending when we need to. But um, look, it'll be a big test for us. There's no doubt there now, but it's one that we're all looking forward to. It's a new coach. It's a new campaign. How important that is? Almost like a complete fresh start. Yeah, it is a complete fresh start. It's obviously a new coaching setup, other than myself, uh, and obviously the players coming back in, and, and they want to impress a new coaching setup. There's no doubt in that. And whether you've been there for a few years or whether you're starting off as a young kid, it's about hitting the ground running. And Six Nations, you don't get many chances. You need to turn up on the first day. Italy will be tough. There's no doubt in that. I've been in many games against Italy where if you leave them in the game, they're going to make it a very long afternoon for you. So we need to be ready for that, and I'm sure we will be. It's a home game. We expect to win. We expect to perform and uh, we need to turn up on the day to make sure we do that. So, and, and I think that can get the ball rolling. The culture with Wales has been predominantly defence-led. I want to keep that going, obviously, with evolving our attack game as well. But it is very important that we keep our focus and our emphasis on the game when we don't have the ball. Because the quicker we get the ball back, we've got some great weapons then to, to finish tries off. Yeah, Sam's looking after the breakdown. And that's probably the biggest part of our defensive game that we are trying to evolve. We want to make the decision-making process as opposed to a policy and that impact we have there and the decisions we make around that tackle area has a massive impact on our defence. So we want to be growing the players to be smart, good at rugby intellect so they're making uh, good decisions based on the pictures they're seeing as opposed to just having a policy where we overcommit sometimes to, to lost causes and it shortens our defensive lineup. So. Yeah, I'm working very, very closely with Sam and uh, really enjoying it as well. And I'm sure Sam's going to be a, a top-level coach and um, I think he's enjoying it as well. Byron, the defence has been pretty universally praised over the last 12 years. Consistent coaching, generally consistent selection, especially in midfield. Are you under a greater amount of pressure than anyone else? Because it'll be a, an area people are focusing on to see if there's any difference. Perceived pressure, possibly, from outside, but um, not from myself. I put pressure on myself to obviously maintain our defence and the standards have been set which have been very high you're right but you know my job is to come here and improve it I think a lot of people come here and maintain what's been done the exceptional work has shown and the team has done and Neil alongside him you know having come in here and worked with Neil the Barbarians week I actually realise how much of an influence he has on the defensive side of the game kicking strategy he puts in place has a massive impact on our exit policy on our kick chase and, and he's a massive part of that, which was an eye-opener to me when I first came in. So I see uh, Jenks is a great, massive asset to me. But yes, pressure it is, isn't it? We, we are where we are. It's pressure in the sporting context, not pressure in a life context. Neil, kicking in the World Cup was a, a huge focus to teams that, that did well. Are people sort of recognising that side of the game even more? I think so. I think in the game itself, it's recognised anyway. I think that you look at a lot of the top end sides in New Zealand for a long time. I've probably been the side that's kicked more than anyone else, but not just kicking the ball willy-nilly. It's intelligent kicking, it's attack kicking, it's an aerial game. 
there's manipulation of the back three, you know, it's finding grass. There's so many avenues and areas that you're looking for, restarts as well, trying to put pressure on in that area as well. So I don't think there's any part of the game anymore where, you know, it's not much of a focus on and, and that's a big part of it. There's no doubt in that. South Africa in the World Cup, their game was based a lot on basically playing in the right areas. Uh, didn't play much rugby in their own half, had a very good kicking game. Kick chase was exceptional, their aerial game was strong. They've improved on that over the last few years, so and obviously it's taken them to a World Cup. So, um, you know, I think a little bit probably with us in our semi final, we probably just fell out the arm wrestle for a couple of minutes and it cost us a World Cup final place. So, yeah, I think the top end sides, when you look at them, when you come to these test matches, there's not an awful lot of space. So you've got to earn that right by kicking and easing them off as well and trying to implement your kicking game to make your actual attack a lot easier. So um, there'll be a lot of that in the Six Nations, there's no doubt in that. It'll be interesting to see what sides implemented the best, obviously. You want to play rugby, there's no doubt in that, and people want to entertain, it's common sense, but you've got to earn the right to test level as well. And people put you under pressure very quickly, they close your space down very quickly, so you've got minimal time to think and make decisions. So... That's why these boys play at this level. They can do that pretty quickly in, in terms of that. And uh, so kicking is a big part of the game. And we'll try and implement the kicking I like to take into games in these first few games, certainly, and uh, to try and make everything else a little bit easier for us. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. News this week for Martin Phillips is to stand down as WIU Group Chief Executive. Chairman Gareth Davis paid tribute. Martin, I think from the days he started, he was keen to look at maybe a, a four or five year term, initially targeting post-World Cup Japan. And I suppose over the last 12 months we've been in you know, regular dialogue as to you know, his future plans and what have you. We've given an agreement that he would stay for a few months, or for quite a few months, uh, following the World Cup in 2019. Because we've got quite a number of meaty issues on the table that he's obviously leading, driving and taking a, a prominent part in. So, And we are confident really that within the next six, seven months or whatever that uh, many of those issues will be put to bed. Because people will always ask in these situations, was it his decision or did he have to go? But you're saying it was a mutual decision. Oh, very much so, yes. yes. It's, it's, uh, the main reason for him is his family. You know, he's been in corporate life for the last 20, 30 years, away from home on a regular basis. And similarly with this now, and I think he wants to give back to the family who've given him a lot. What is his legacy, Gareth? I think I'd like to make quite a few points, like setting up the professional rugby board and, and leading and driving that through, uh, looking at the senior player selection policies put through. For me, though, I think it's a, there are individual qualities and values that he's brought to the table. I think hopefully a lot of those values will have rubbed off on colleagues within the union, member clubs, certain individuals that he's come across. And I think he's just introduced you know, a very professional attitude, emphasis on planning. And I think that's part of the process now where even though he's leaving, we've got a, a lengthy period to plan his succession. Succession planning is something that we're taking very seriously at the union and uh, at all levels, not just chief executive. It's been seen in the appointment of the coach, Wayne Pivak. He was appointed 15 months ago. And rugby has possibly traditionally been in the past year. Appointments are, are made when, when there are crises in place. Well... I'm glad to say that there is no crisis at the moment. It's proper succession planning. In the press release, it says about working with the community clubs. What are the problems with the community clubs and what are you looking to resolve? Well, it's not so much problems. You know, they, they, there are challenges, which uh, obviously the clubs continually tell us in terms of you know, funding, interest uh, from competitive sports and from other competitive things in life these days. We visited clubs and we visited clubs that were sort of very successful and to try and find out what makes a successful club. So what we're trying to do now, there's a lot of consultation going on, a lot of workshops going on out there, led now by Gareth, Gareth John, 
and to find out well you know what are these key ingredients that can make successful community clubs and can other clubs that perhaps haven't had a, you know equal success can they learn things so it's really about sort of sharing best practice and in terms of its successor how is that process going to happen and what are you looking for in somebody to succeed, Martin Phillips? We've got um, a remuneration and appointments committee which has met on a few occasions, obviously recently with, with Martin's decision. We will have a proper process in place, probably use a, um, an executive search company to help us uh, administer all that. So it's done properly, so I don't want any accusations of jobs for the boys here. There's been a lot of talk about Wayne Pivak having big big boots to fill in light of Warren leaving. Well, similarly, the Chief Executive coming into the Welsh Union will have big boots to fill as well in, in terms of uh, replacing Martin Phillips. And this day and age is a big job, isn't it? It is a big job. It's a changing job as well in terms of uh, private equity coming into rugby. We're obviously needing other channels of, of, of income, so you can't just rely on... Six Nations and Orton tests anymore because obviously there are a lot of hungry mouths to feed. It's a hugely quickly evolving role, a different role than from uh, when Martin started in 2015. What are the, the challenges you've had? Obviously the relationship with the regions. You've got obviously now got the professional rugby board. How do you see that now to when Martin first came in? Well, there wasn't a professional rugby board to be perfectly honest. It was sort of a professional rugby wheels I think at yeah. the time, wasn't it? And uh, you know, there was always that standoff, if you like, between union and clubs. And you'll always get those tensions. That's not going to sort of disappear now or indeed in, in the near future. But there just has to be an acceptance that all four regions and professional entity, that is the Welsh team, if you like, are working together for one end, that we have a very successful and vibrant and sustainable professional rugby in Wales. We've just seen the end of the National Schools and Colleges League with colleague Gwent taking the title. Their rugby director, Matthew Jones, spoke to Liz Jones. Matthew, congratulations, colleague Gwent, winning the Welsh Schools and Colleges League. How much of a journey was that? And is everyone still on a high? Yeah, you know, this, we're still in that bubble at the moment. Can't quite believe what uh, what we achieved, you know, going up against Kamoy, the reigning champions, and I think they're five times champions over the years it's been running as well. So it's uh, it's just reward, really, for all the hard work the boys have put in. I've been there, I think it's six years, or oh, this is my sixth year now, and uh, just trying to build and create a culture and, and values in that culture. And the group of players we have currently have, uh, have certainly bought into that, and uh, they've got just the reward, really, for all the, the hard work they've put in throughout the season. And, uh, by winning the trophy so uh, very happy and very pleased for everyone at uh, Colleague Went. Not just against the champions but same finalists for a number of years. What do you put it down to really? Well I've been there six years now and what we've had is, is support from above. My line manager Tom Corrigan has been very supportive along with Ian Millward and, and Guy Lacey's the colleges who fully back the rugby programme and from that then it just gives us the freedom to carry out our programme uh, as effective as possible. The rugby's built into their timetable so it's not an added extra or a, or a before college or after college thing, the rugby's actually embedded into their timetable from their nine to five day to day routine so uh, that definitely has made massive inroads and has had an effect on the outcome and, and results really, and not just result, but performances I think every year we're adding and players to the Dragons and their 18 squad which is what it's about essentially so I think there's uh, around 20 players in our current squad made the Dragons and their 18 squad now for this block of games so it just goes to show what, what myself and the other coaches do has a big effect on these players and uh, you know winning the title was just a reward really for them there were a number of players in the team that last won a title eight years ago that have gone on to play professionally and, and for Wales. Have you got those type of players in your side? 
Yes, there's definitely a few boys who I think have the right work ethic to really continue moving forward in into hopefully uh, gaining some international honours at under 18s levels and the 20s levels and, and, and gaining contracts with the Dragons. One of my fellow coaches, Scott Matthews, was part of that winning team eight years ago and played in, in that side and won against colleagues Gar on the brewery field. So um, it's nice really to have won last week so I can shut him up a little bit really from going on but he's now a double winner a winner uh, one as a player and one as a coach but um, you know as a team we've all worked hard all the coaches and the players have, have delivered on the pitch so really pleasing and uh, yeah there's definitely a few players I uh, I would look out for in the future Gwent it's a heartland of rugby and it's given something back to the whole region winning the title yeah, it has. I mean, we, we have two teams in, in the league now, uh, us and, and Newport High, so um, it's nice to have, obviously, those two teams where more players can be exposed to the league. The the partnership we have with each other, the, the college and, and the Dragons, is we're providing a, a service for those guys. Could have the opportunity then to make the step up to the Dragons. There are a number of players already in that Dragons environment, so uh, it's nice that it, it works. Uh, we have a good relationship with each other, and um, that step down between regional age grade competition and college competition isn't quite as big now uh, with them being exposed in the college league getting the services they need in cross keys when they come from the regional age grade stuff into college and back to the regional age grade that drop off isn't isn't as much as it used to be so it works really well uh, and um, look hopefully that'll, that'll continue for for years to come and, and we'll keep providing players for the dragons moving forward a lot of keeping up with the Joneses this week. Now, referee Adam, who has been added to the full-time list of the WIU, partly with the Olympic Sevens in mind later in the year. He spoke to Graham Gillespie. Adam, congratulations on becoming a full-time referee with the Welsh Rugby Union. How good does that feel? Oh, it feels good. It's been a hard couple of years with refereeing and juggling out of work, but the Welsh Rugby Union have offered me a contract and work have been excellent about it, to be fair. Um, Paris County Council, um, they've offered me a secondment for a whole year, so if it doesn't work out... There's always the opportunity of going back to them, and I thank them very much for that. Now, over the last few years, you've been rated the top referee in the Premiership. How big a jump do you think it's going to be from the Premiership? I think it'll be a big jump. I think there's a lot of pressure now <laughs> that this has happened, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. It allows me to train full-time, get the medical and the nutrition side of it um, sorted as well. Mm. But just to be able to train with the other boys is a big bonus, really. I can train with them and not have to push myself. There'll be Nigel Owens, Craig Evans, Dan Jones and Ben Whitehouse and just they've helped me along the way over the last five or six years now and just to be able to be with them in that environment mm. is something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, because from what I've seen when I've been with the refereeing group training, you are a tight-knit bunch, aren't you? You're obviously competitive, but you're also helping each other out along the way. Yeah, massively. We're like a third team on that pitch at the end of the day and we are very tight-knit. Um, I've been lucky to be able to go in and train with them a couple of times and it is that spirit that a team has on, on a Saturday that we have through the week so I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into it really and seeing how things go. Do you look to someone like say Craig Evans for instance because he's been on the seventh circuit for two or three years now forging a great career there now sort of focusing towards the 15s is that the sort of area that you're looking at yourself or have you got other defined areas you want to focus yeah, on? I think for this year mine and Craig's goal is the Olympics and um, that would be amazing if we both got to that. Being on the series now this is our fourth year We've really enjoyed it and the opportunity of Olympics, uh, especially in Tokyo after the World Cup there, is something that you know you can't shy away with if that opportunity mm. comes. I'm not sure if we'll look at the 15s then, hopefully, um, after the Olympics if it happens. But whatever comes, I'm just looking to forward to taking it in my stride and hopefully continue as it's going. So 
anyone mentions referees and Wales, they instantly think of Nigel Owens. Has he sort of been any influence on your career to date? Yeah, I've been very lucky to travel with Nigel and be assistant referee for him a number of times now. And um, every time you go away with Nigel or you speak to him, you learn something of great value. And it's something that, something as a Welsh referee, he's an icon of world rugby and he's yeah. someone that we all look up to at the end of the day. As you said, everyone mentions him as soon as you mention refereeing. But does it sort of place extra emphasis on the guys coming through? Because obviously he is the number one referee in the world. He set amazingly high standards. You guys are now following in his footsteps. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's great having someone like Nigel there, who we can aspire to, you know. And I'm sure he will be there to be on hand and offer any advice he can. Obviously, there's only one Nigel Owens, and uh, everyone aspires to be like him. But you've got to be you in your own way, you know. And there's only ever going to be one Nigel Owens, and um, someone who you just want to emulate. If you do half as what he's done or a quarter, you know, you've had a good career, I'm sure. Now, as you get higher up the rankings, you get bigger matches, whether it's a, as a referee or a touch judge or assistant referee, call it what you want these days. Yeah. You're always on the screen. Is that in the back of your mind as you're going onto those pitches? You know, because you are front and centre of every game now, aren't you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you just look at the opportunities and I know Sean Brickle says you've got to pinch yourself sometimes mm-hmm. and think of these places you've been to, like Principality Stadium, the Aviva, you know, um, Clermont um, for rugby. These are places where most people don't get to experience in their lifetime so for us you know it's uh, hard work to get there but when yeah. you've got to get there you've got to enjoy it and that's what most referees say to us at the end of the day is you know that enjoyment is the key word that they always say before we go out mm-hmm. on the pitch and it's something that you've got to think when you look back at your career how many people have been there and done that and yeah. it's something that I'd be very proud of you mentioned all those famous grounds and obviously they are famous but the fact that you've also done the hard yards at places like with all due respect Sardis Road Port Talbot and all that does that keep your feet on the ground? Yeah, I love refereeing in the Premiership. You know, it's where all the referees learn their trade in Wales. And even in the divisions below that 3 2 1 Championship, they're great places there. And that's where you earn your uh, due, I suppose. You know, you don't make a, a referee at the highest level overnight. And, you know, there's always things to learn. And there's nothing better than going back to Sardis Road. And, uh, you know, the crowd soon let you know if you're good or bad. And, it's, uh, you know, they love it. They love to get involved. So you mentioned that. Remind us where you're going now for the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, so I fly to um, New Zealand and Australia for the next two legs of the World uh, 7 Series with Craig Evans. So it's a great opportunity um, there to enjoy it. It's our first uh, Sevens tournament this year, so I'm sure there'll be some learning curves, but it's one that we're just really looking forward to. With this new role, does that take the pressure off you with combining your work life with your refereeing life? Uh, it gives me more flexibility in being able to travel and train uh, all the time with them. I think I've got to have a huge amount of credit to us called Callum Cymru and Powys County Council, who have allowed me to be flexible and travel all the time and um, given me the opportunities oh. that in some of the places it might not have been able to happen, so I'm really grateful for them and I'm sure it's one that I'm really looking forward to but I'm sure they'll, they've already said they're looking forward to following my progress as well and have given me um, their best regards as well. And remind me again what was your role at the school? So I'm the active community sport development officer. And what would that involve? Getting kids into sport you know going into community looking at getting grants for them um, but mainly being in the schools and providing the pupils with opportunities. Finally a chance to get to know Wales women's captain Shoe and Lily Crap a little better. She looks ahead to the Six Nations with Rob Cole. At least you've got some momentum coming yeah, in after the autumn, yeah. haven't you? Yes, definitely. I think um, throughout the autumn campaign, you see the improvements game upon game. Last minute win in Ireland and then a full rounded performance, I think, in, in Scotland. You know, there's areas obviously we can improve on, but that performance was a significant one in the campaign to winning against Crochets and then to the second half performance against Barbars. I think that's installed a lot of belief in the squad. Also, where we can go as well. So. We know we've got more to give as a squad as well, so looking forward to the campaign really kicking off so we can 
progress and what we've already achieved really. But now with a really good coaching setup and yeah. maybe seemingly a bit more focus going in from the union on the women's game and very clear-cut objectives integrating the uh, sevens, it all looks a bit more rounded. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, as athletes as well, that's what we want. We always want more essentially and We've been given that by the union now. We're part of the performance department and the resources that come alongside that, even you know, to the extent of sports psych, the amount of coaches now we have with Gay Wright, Chris, Gareth, and then Ollie coming in with the sevens, but also you know, with this, this crossover. So the amount of expertise that we're getting given to us and the knowledge that is being shared is huge. And that's all we can ask for as players, really. So... On the field then, we've got to do our job and actually perform. So, you know, those resources continue essentially, but um, we're grateful and we are being challenged and, and that's exciting for us. We want we want to be challenged on and off the field and we're being challenged mentally as well over our ways of thinking of how we play. So, um, you know, that's only going to aid us in our decision-making and how we perform then on the field. Where are you playing at the moment, club-wise? Bristol right. Bears, yeah. And how are you finding the uh, premiership? Yeah, very good. To be fair, the standard of rugby across the border in the in the Tyrrells Premiership is very good. The physicality, the intensity of the game is is what preps you for mm. essentially international rugby. Then, so um, yeah, I've really enjoyed. It. I only moved to Bristol um, beginning of September. I really enjoyed my first half of the year there, and um, to be fair, they've, they've been very supportive over me. A big captain of Wales. Yes, yeah. Um, you wake up every morning thinking, oh, that's a privilege. <laughs> yeah, am I, am, I, am I in a dream? Or, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I was lucky enough to have the privilege in, in the autumn campaign to captain some of the, the games, which um, was an honour and thoroughly enjoyed it and working with the team and hopefully leading the side in a positive way. Uh, I found it very rewarding. And then to get that phone call to say I was going to be announced as campaign captain was, you know, a huge honour for me and privilege. And I just hope that, you know, I can do the jersey, my family and the team proud. And But also, you know, we've spoken about it's not just essentially me as a leader, how we can develop other leaders as well. And the important thing for me is how do I bring some girls along with me and that we've got good strength and depth in leadership. And then moving into the World Cup, we've got confidence in what we can do. So um, hopefully, yeah, we'll have an exciting journey ahead yeah. of us. Yeah. Where's home and what's work? Home is Swansea, and I work in Swansea University as head of rugby. Oh, of course you do, yes. Yeah, yeah. so I, I look after men's and women's rugby programmes yeah. there from participation up to performance. So um, I think the key thing for me is year one in Super Rugby. Our, our aim is was to stay up. Um, we had a great start the first half of the season. Sport is higher up on our agenda now, but we only deliver one sports course. You know, most of my boys are engineering, medicine. You know, they're all studying a breadth of different courses. I, I think there's some boys obviously doing sports science, but what's nice is it's they're all studying different things. They're a diverse group and. Hopefully that, well, I'm confident we'll stay in Super Rugby this year and we can just continue yeah. on building on what we've done. But with success becomes more demand, doesn't yeah. it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, credit to the guys this year. They've worked really hard. And you're getting a bit of uh, buy-in from the Scarlets and the Ospreys as well, aren't you? Yeah, very good. That partnership has evolved and developed over the last two and a half years. When Which we... is where it should be as well. Yes, definitely. You know, it's a twofold thing, really. You know, if we want to bring exiles over here, then there's an opportunity of them education-wise and us supporting them with their academics and supporting their rugby. But also, if they want to keep boys within their region, then we can you know, look after them from a 
educational point of view with us and we're TAS affiliated so talented athlete scholarship scheme so we've got members staff that look after our high performance athletes and they get flexibility then surrounding their academics and any clashes that they may have and the reality is those guys are on dual career paths aren't they so they want to make it as a professional rugby player but also they want to get a good degree at the end of it if something falls down so we're supporting them in that and I think that has helped our Ospreys and Scarlets relationship massively but I think they're seeing the rewards as well of what Super Rugby offers something different yeah, yeah. to their players. A lot of the academy boys have, have represented and played for us this year, which is outstanding. And what I will say is they enjoy playing for us as mm. well. And the boys, I think, are going into their academy match just saying, oh, can I go and play for uni yeah. next week? Because we're having Cardiff home. There was 3,000, over 3,000 spectators at St Helens. Yeah. On average, every home game, we're having 800 spectators yeah. there. Really helping with our probably university community, mm. which, is, which is nice. Any escape from rugby for you? No, <laughs> not really. My dog is probably my only escape from rugby. Yeah, so it's uh, a walk on the beach. Yeah, walk on the beach. But um, yeah, it's just it's, it's busy. But you can't complain. This when you love what you do and when you're doing your hobby as work as well. It's an exciting time. But uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for all the opportunities they've got. But yeah, not much escape from rugby apart from my dog, and that's, that's probably it. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Interesting stuff. Next week, of course, we'll be looking forward to the Italy Games as the Six Nations kicks off. But until then, goodbye.